You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Alan Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Alan Jerry's post-game podcast. All right, here we go. We do a podcast for you as we rip through this Tuesday. Al, what's up? Oh, hi there, Jerry. I, I oftentimes here have recommendations for folks uh Netflix uh, documentaries, and yeah. I have one. I think you might be interested in it as well, Jerry. I'm not, I have to, it'll be very brief because I, I, I don't want to give anything away. Okay. But it's a documentary, it's a three part series called American Nightmare. And I will say that it's worthy of. I saw the trailer. Yeah, it's worthy of yeah. having three. You know, it's not, they didn't milk it to three things. This is where the daughter, they report her as missing. Yeah, a woman yeah. is kidnapped. Right. So what's really interesting is, like, you watch the first episode, and then when they show you what's coming up in the second episode, you're like, wow, that's... And then, after, well, after the second episode, when they tell you what's coming up episode three, you're like, whoa. So it, it's one of those moments. And I was not really familiar with the story. Right. But... Um, you know what's really effed up? Interesting. How many of these stories are out there? Yeah. Like, they just keep churning out documentary after documentary after documentary about people that are murdered, raped, stolen, sold. It's it's frightening, man. Right. If that happened to you and you haven't had a documentary made about you yet, it's uh, by the, Netflix. Yeah, because uh, the, all these, you know what it is? All of these streaming services and channels and they all need content. And true crime documentaries do very well. Right. Like, it's a it's a huge category. It's even a huge category in the podcast community, which I love it on television. I cannot... Listen to it. Yeah, I just I can't get into it. How do we sell ourselves to Netflix? <laughs> they need content. <laughs> do you want me to kidnap you, Jerry? <laughs> no! <laughs> they were two podcast hosts. <laughs> I don't want to be One kidnapped. kidnapped the other. Don't kidnap me. Although, I will tell you, um, a couple of mornings parking uh, close, but not yeah. right in front of the door. There have been a couple of vans. I walk on the, I'm like, I'm worried about it opening and then taking me. Yeah. It sounds crazy, but that's the crap we see. Speaking of which, I heard, do you remember when we used to park on a street called Leroy? Mm-hmm. There used to be a man living in a van. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So randomly yesterday, I'm walking my dog. In Bradley Beach, and a guy stops me. He says, uh, "Oh, you know, where are you? Uh, where's your office? Because I used to work down there." So I tell him. He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "There was a." Because you ever see the guy that lives in his van? I go, "I haven't seen him in years, but yes, I was very familiar with him." So he told me the guy's story. He said because he used to work down there, and mm-hmm. he used to see the guy out reading. The guy used to set up a chair and would read the newspaper <laughs> outside of his van. Jeez. So he said he 
he and his friends during a lunch break went and talked to the guy just to see what his story was. He said that the guy was a businessman and his partner had an idea for a, a business and he he had an idea for an iced tea. And the man who now lives in the van didn't want to do it because he's like, well, you know, Lipton's got iced tea. They, they, he felt like the market was already. What was it, Arizona? Snapple. Wow. And then the guy, his partner, who he didn't do do it with, ended up taking the guy's wife. Oh. So the guy lost this idea of the business, lost his wife to this guy, and, and now lives homeless. in a van. Wow. Wild. I mean. I always thought, too, like, if you do business with someone. Yeah. So let's say, so for instance, not that we make much money, but we sell our shirts and whatever. We nice few hundred bucks, whatever, whatever you get. It's great. But if you and I were doing that and all of a sudden, let's say one of my shirts for whatever godforsaken reason, Nike liked for they just, someone noticed it and they offered me, you know, whatever. Eight million dollars. We want that logo. We love it. And we, do you mind if Nike uses it? Yeah. Now I'm not sitting there telling you I'm going to give you four million dollars, especially if it's mine. But I would give you something right of significance, as opposed to stealing your girlfriend and seeing you go homeless. Yeah. Like what the hell? Yeah, I don't know if there's there. I'm sure there's more to that story. I'm sure there is, but that's that sucks. It's kind of like the guy, it was kind of like we did Junk Bomb. I felt pressured to do it because if it actually hit Correct. and I didn't put in my $500, I'd be completely cut out anyway. Like, well, I got to put my money in. Like, oh, right. how about this? When they do the the lottery pools at, in offices and you got 100 people put in $2, $2. And the one person's like, come on, guys, you're pissing your money away. And then the place wins, and they don't give the poor guy anything. Yeah, they're like, you didn't put in. That's not right. Yeah, that's not right. I'm not saying you give him the full share, but you give him something. You got to give him something. Right, otherwise now you're, because those things, I unless it was such a huge amount that everyone was retiring. Imagine that you run a business, a small business. Yeah. So you've got a small business. Sure. Your uh, employees pool their money together to buy a lottery ticket, and they hit for $300 million. <laughs> they all quit. You're like, where's my business now? <laughs> Just got to hire new people. <laughs> I've lost my business because yeah. my other employees won the lottery. And in a case like that, like everyone would be gone. Yeah, gone. That is true. That would be Ghost funny. you. <laughs> Microsoft goes out of business because one of the employees at the lottery. <laughs> yeah, right. It's just the lottery and everybody just left. And it's funny. Yeah. So I was um, thinking today, I had a conversation with uh, Tom Izzo, our digital guy. Yeah. So yeah, he was in a lot today. Yeah, yeah. He's very into. He's somebody who's spends a lot of time on the internet. Okay. So I also I, I like internet things and social media, but uh, you know we were, he he's into wanting to try putting butter in his coffee, mm -hmm. right? So I ran back there. He had brought the butter in, and I said, "Oh, I go. Have you ever seen people on the internet who eat sticks of butter? Mm -hmm. He's like the carnivore diet people. They'll eat." butter sticks and as you've a, done that too as a snack mm -hmm. i've had slices of butter i'm right. not eating he goes yeah he goes how about those people that um are eating raw he goes i see people working out in the gym eating raw meat he goes you know they tell you everything you heard about having to cook your meat is wrong and i just thought 
that is what the internet is. It is everything that you were taught to believe mm-hmm. or thought to be true. There are very convincing people mm-hmm. on the internet telling you the exact opposite. Yeah, and making a case for it. And making a case for yeah, it. Yeah, there's no doubt. I know. So many things. So much misinformation. But you don't, then you don't know what is the misinformation. Correct. And what's true. Yeah. As we said, we've gone back to the smoking with the doctors back then. They didn't know. I'm not saying that they weren't paid to endorse cigarettes. I'm sure they were. But there was no, what was the evidence when they first came out that you were going to, it, it seems ridiculous to us now. Right. It makes, it makes sense now that inhaling a cigarette right. would not be great for your lungs. But I can make every case. All you're doing is taking it in and blowing it out. Like, right. what's, what's the harm? And it's the same thing I have said to you numerous times. And I've said to a lot of people, and they're all the same answer you do. If I told you that if we got in a time machine in, in the year, what's this, 2024? 24, yeah. That in the year 2035... People started having ovarian cancer, testicular cancer at very high rates, and we realize it's because of what these phones are emitting out of our pockets. If I told you that now, would you stop with the phone? And everyone says no, no. like they can't live without it. Well, people were hooked on cigarettes, so we sit there and say, what were these people thinking? Well, I'm, I'm asking you, what would you do right now with the cell phone? And yeah. you point blank look at me and say, nothing. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, this is funny. Like, like you're right, in like... 40 years from now, are people going to be like, so they were just putting their phones in their pockets and they really thought nothing was going to happen right. to their balls? Correct. Meantime, your dick turns green. <laughs> Again. <laughs> <laughs> That's a you problem. You know, some people won't, like I, I put my phone on my nightstand right yeah. next. That's got to be a foot from my head. Right. And how about the, the even Bluetooth things that go yeah, in our ear weird. and our I mean in my sunglasses I love them like the the the, the sound waves are going through my cranium yeah <laughs> what am I doing right you got Bluetooth yeah you've got uh, the Wi-Fi that's in our you know there's tons of conspiracies about Wi-Fi I know I know but I don't know how you would get away from it because even if you decided in your house you weren't going to have Wi-Fi, your neighbor next door has Wi-Fi. It's everywhere. There's public Wi-Fi. Optimum and all those companies have Wi-Fi networks everywhere. You would have to move to somewhere so remote where you'd just be cut off from the rest of the world. I'm surprised we don't get damage from or known damage yet from just having a microwave in our house because that seems wild too. I agree. Although, no, if you read how a microwave works, it's actually not as much as you think. No? No, it's it's more the microwave is basically pulling the moisture out of, it almost absorbs the moisture from whatever the product is. And somehow, I actually read about this. Yeah. It's not as crazy as it appears to be. Okay. Like the science behind it, I mean, clearly it makes sense. It's been around for 30 years now, 40 years, but it's not as potentially dangerous as I could see these cell phones being. Yeah, what's weird, though, with the microwaves, you know, when they first came out, they were expensive, and they were, like, these heavy-duty. And now the microwaves are so made so cheaply, Mm -hmm. you think, oh, these got to be leaking. Right. Like, (laughs) there's no way this plastic is keeping the the things in it. And then they tell you not to microwave. Like, I always think of of, uh, Craig Carton about this. Like, they... Craig used to take 
wonton soup from that he would get from mm-hmm. the Chinese restaurant in that plastic I know. container. He would put it in the microwave for like five minutes. It would be all misshapen. He's eating right out of it. Like Meantime, the plastic is melted into the yeah. soup, and he's sucking that down. I know. No chance. That's good for you. No, it couldn't be, of course. That is very true. Yeah. Yeah, well, these are all things that, I mean, the microwave hasn't killed us yet. We'll see if the cell phones do. But I don't even, like, know, like, when, when they fair, first discovered radio waves, mm-hmm. right, to to create radio stations and things. Yeah. First of all, how you would figure out those exist, I, I have no idea. Couldn't agree with you more. But they weren't thinking, like, that's in the air and that's going through my body. And yeah. Is it harmful? Is it harmful? Yeah. Like we always say the first ones to do something, what is the effect? In some cases, it's glorious, and in other cases, probably led to death. Yeah. You know? There's a good show on... So I have... We have Amazon Fire TVs or Amazon Fire Sticks now pretty much throughout the house. I have a couple TVs that have the Roku Stick, but for the most part, it's Amazon. And when you go to the main page for the Amazon TV, they have tons of free programming without even having to have a streaming service. There's a ton of it. Yeah. And I came across one show the other day and I only stopped watching it because I couldn't take the commercials they were injecting every like eight minutes um, even though there was only uh, it was only a minute and 18 seconds and you saw the count it still drove me nuts but it's a show about uh, modern inventions decade by decade and I was watching the one from the 1900s the guy that invented the vacuum and how he invented it and I, again I don't know if this stuff is true I'm assuming it is because he wound up selling his invention to Mr. Hoover where they came from. The guy that invented, uh, the guy's last name is Gillette, obviously, but the way he decided to come up with the disposable razor. And it's it's interesting, like, how these people had the mind to come up with not only the idea, but then the wherewithal to be able to mass produce things at a time where they show you they don't have a lot of money. So Yeah, I wouldn't know how to do that now. Right. And now you know people with money and you still wouldn't know how to do it. Yeah. Yeah, it is really something. That and like they say that's the key to business, right? To get to the repeat customers. So like yes. Gillette selling you those cartridges. Correct. Over and over and over again. So they'll give you the razor for not that much money, right? And then But they want you to buy the blades. And now so many things are getting like that where everything is just a payment. Yeah. So anything like uh oh, I want to uh get this budgeting app. Oh, okay. It's uh Four dollars a month, and you think eh, four bucks, whatever, right? No but doubt. then, then the streaming app wants you nine dollars a month. So you just have all of these monthly little fees that add up, yeah, immensely. But as opposed to a razor company that's where you just use the actual, you know, thin razor, and you're just yes. buying that. That's pennies. Yes, correct. Whereas Gillette has the cartridge, which is not pennies, is like thirty five dollars for. A handful of cartridges. Mm-hmm. It's wild. I'm telling you, it's wild. And then I always think, too, like, think of how many, since that guy created that razor, how many cartridges have been made? Dispo- Where are they all? Uh, garbage. Landfills. Just cartridges and cartridges. Of razor blades. I didn't, I will never understand garbage. <laughs> Where it all goes. Mm-hmm. And dead people. And dead but bo- Right. And dead bodies. I mean, I understand we cremate more people now more than ever, I think. But you look at the, I mean, these cemeteries. It's some, like, 
at what point is, assuming we're still here and we haven't blown ourselves up or the aliens haven't come and got us, at what point do humans realize we're running out of land Yeah, to bury the dead? Or the land is more valuable to put houses and buildings on as opposed to having yeah. dead people. That's true, too. Because, like, let me ask you this. So m- where my grandparents are buried, are we paying a monthly fee for that? Or we paid one time and now they just... I would stay there paid, forever. No, I would think you paid one time. Paid one time. Yeah. I bet you that's going to come to a monthly fee soon. <laughs> it, it could. Right? It could, sure. Because otherwise, the, that landowner got their money, but they're not turning that land over. No, but they, I don't think they pay taxes either. I don't think cemeteries have to pay mu- municipal taxes. That was what was freaky about like Hurricane Katrina and when, when uh, coffins start washing up. Yeah. Like the... Areas flood so badly that the coffins come out of the... Oof. Terrible stuff. Yeah, that's really wild. Terrible stuff. Yeah, because you got to think, like, I don't know about other countries, but in America, the overwhelming amount of people are buried. Yeah, I, like I said, I think cremation is becoming more and more popular, but I, I agree with you. Yeah. I would say the far majority are still buried. Absolutely. And I, how they do it, I have no idea. I, I don't even know. You know why it's six feet, by the way? No. Because that's the minimum... Depth. If I saw this on a TV show, the minimum depth where um, the scent of human remains is nixed from wild animals. Oh, is that? Oh, from otherwise they dig you up. <laughs> Imagine you're the groundskeeper at a cemetery. You show up and all the bodies have been oh, dug up by wolves. God. <laughs> well, again, who's the first? I'm sure in the beginning they just dug a small little hole and the the body went in there and they covered yeah. it with dirt. Next thing you know, someone or something had lunch. Yeah. That's the other weird thing. We bury people in caskets that don't disintegrate. Like they'll, you, you can know, open like, them up and see the bones. Yeah, like the really good caskets, they don't become part of the earth. Right. My younger sister, who is into uh, biology, you know, she's like yeah. a biology person and nature person and mm-hmm. all that stuff. <laughs> she, she sometimes says, "When I die, just throw my <laughs> throw my body in the woods." <laughs> Why? Because that's what nature wants oh to happen. Gosh. Wow. Now, of course, we can't throw her in the woods. She's a mother of three. What, a, what about cremation? That would disturb then? the children. You, you can spread her ashes in the woods. Uh, yeah, that's true. Spread her ashes in the woods. What an awful conversation. <laughs> it really is an awful conversation. You go into the woods, you know, you're just looking for some porno magazines. Like when we were uh, teenagers, Jerry, you'd go into the woods, and there's just bodies strewn no. about. no. I couldn't. I couldn't. No. No, no, no. Yeah. I tell you, we've talked about this before. I'm approaching 50. I'll be, you know, a couple months. A lot of people around here are not quite my age, but around my age, maybe a little older, a little younger. A lot of depression around here about this stage of life from a lot of people. A lot of what? A lot of depression. How so? Just a lot of thinking. Yeah, you do get reflective. Very much so. It's not, and not only so much about you, but about your parents if they're still with if they're still with you. It's about your children getting older and kind of all of a sudden getting very close to becoming adults yeah. themselves, and you know, looking at where you're at. And it's reflective is a good word. Yeah, very reflective, and it's weird too. Like as as you get older, not my age or where you're at, but certainly like my parents' age. Um, just looking at, uh, pictures of my father from mm. a year ago, Yeah, sure. two years ago, completely different really? scene. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a part once you get into your late seventies and eighties where it's like when you become president and you age 
quicker. Quicker in those four years you're president. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's when you when you start to go, hmm. Hmm. You know, I've started going, hmm. You bet you're doing the hmm. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So you're thinking there's a lot of people here that are that are being reflective. Oh, 100%. Of life. Yes. Yeah, no, no. That's, I'm not naming names, but I will yeah. tell you, I know for a, a certainty. Yeah. That that is going on. It's, and, and it doesn't help. The time of year we're in, yes. the gloomy weather doesn't help. Like, there's a lot that goes into it, which is why I always come back to when you live in a place that's not sunny and 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 eventful and and full of life. Like, man, it's got to be tough every day. Seasonal affective disorder, they call that. Uh, well, and then how about and now? How about if you throw into the fact that maybe you got a job you don't like? Like, man, it could just be a lot of downtime. Yeah, and I don't mean the good kind. I mean like you're down. Yeah, it's weird too being like down by the shore, seeing yeah, it's it being desolate, but knowing, and it's weird sometimes. I can't even imagine there being uh, it being eighty degrees, sunny, and people everywhere. Yeah, because I'm looking at nothingness right now. And then you can take a snapshot in about four or five months on a beautiful seventy-two degree day, and the place will be packed and and buzzing. And then I won't be able to imagine no one being here. This it's is the weird. time I love going to LBI and have the blinking lights and no one there. Yes. One supermarket's open, one gas station, and maybe one drugstore, and a whole hell of a lot of nothing. Yeah. And you can zip start to finish island in eight minutes as opposed to 35 minutes in the middle of the summer. I think if we could short shorten winter by about six weeks. How long is winter? Not sure, but three it feels months. like it goes like December, January. Oh, well, it's supposed February. to be three months essentially. Each season should oh, right. be three months. I'd like to shorten it by ten weeks. Ten weeks. <laughs> well, if the fall, yeah, then you know what? Fall is October, November, uh, September, uh, October, November. No, September to October would be one month. So actually, really summer October. doesn't until September twenty-first technically. Yeah. So then, winter must not start till like winter technically starts December twenty-second. Oh, okay. That's winter. Yes. I, I've always oh, said yeah, right. the yep. perfect place I'd like to live is is the Charlotte, North Carolina area because you have a fall for sure. You've got a spring and you've got a summer. And fall gets chill. That 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 crossover between fall and spring, there's no win there's really no winter. But you you can have a morning, you wake up and there's an inch of snow on the ground. Like and it can be thirty degrees at night and you can have that feel of winter. But then it's 57 at noon. Yeah. Snow's gone and you're back to that to me is fine. I, I don't mind Christmas time it being 30 degrees at night. That's a good feel. But what I can stand is when it's zero degrees during the day. I get just and the wind and oh God. Or for extended days where it's like, oh, we're gonna be in a yeah. deep freeze for a week. Like, they said, Whoa. how about this for depression? So I'm watching the <laughs> uh and then one I got one thing for you before we go. Oh, all right. And then, so I'm in the hotel room Sunday morning getting ready to go to the Rutgers-Illinois game. And, yeah, I'm watching the local news because I know at that time, I think it was like minus two. It was like eight o'clock in the morning. So it was cold. It was beautiful. It was sunny. Sun, sunny sun. and minus two? Yeah, when I Damn. woke up. The sunrise was gorgeous. It was right out my window. It was fantastic. So I'm watching the, the, the news. The weather comes on. And the guy's like, hey, guys, hey, we've got a nice day. It is going to warm up to about 18, 20 degrees. So I know it's cold now, but it won't be so bad later. No wind. Okay, it's not terrible. He goes, I want you to take a look outside. Take a look at that piping red hot sun. Take note of what it looks like. You probably won't see it again for about 11 days. I was like, oh, my God. They have, they have clouds and rain coming for, for 11 the days. next week and a half. And I'm thinking, that is 
awful. Now, we can get that, too. But I'm like, don't tell me that. I'd rather wake up and say, oh, it's not sunny out. I don't want to know it's going to be cloudy and rainy for 11 yeah. days in a yeah, row. Yeah, don't tell us that. My God, that's awful. Do you think people are people that live in better climates are generally happier group of people? I think that's a, all right. I think if you have a if you're in a bad relationship, I don't think it matters where you are. I think your life is going to be very difficult. I think if you have problems at home, but all or things, on the job, right? Yeah, but all things being equal, I think if someone makes a good living. They're generally a happy person. They tend to get a little down in the winter. You put that person in South Florida, I think that they are riding high through the winter. I do. But I think people have problems or problems, and I don't know that the sun in a palm tree <laughs> makes those go away. Yeah. Right. We see how many stories about people from Florida yeah. doing bizarro things because people are still people. They're in a rough part a lot or a part of their life right but i think the person that's in a good part of their life or in a good way that just struggles with some bad weather from time to time you put them in yeah i think i think it does matter one thing real quick we always talk about how do these people like pay their bills yes that's a big discussion between you and i always we always wonder like how certain people that we mutually know afford their lifestyle yes which we're, we're never sure how that how that happens. Especially when we feel like we've got a pretty good idea of what they make. Yes. And what their expenses are. Correct. Have you ever heard of Ramit Sethi? No. So he might be worth your time. He's tremendous. Ramit Sethi. Yes. He does a, he's got a YouTube channel. I've seen, he's on Netflix. Actually, there's a, a three-part thing on Netflix about, I want to teach you how to become rich. I have seen that guy. Outstanding. But more than him, and he's great. You know, you see, you're like, teach you how to be rich. That's not what he's doing. I mean, he is, but he's not. He's teaching you how to manage your money, basically. He's teaching you not to be poor. Yes. The stories. I I learned of him on Netflix about four or five months ago when that three or four part, five part documentary came out. And I watched, I don't think I watched the last one. But the stories of the people, and I'm like, wow, it's pretty wild. I just learned a couple of days ago, I'm going to tell you this. That he's got a YouTube channel, and it is just episode after episode after episode of him talking to couples that feel like they make a lot of money, and they just it doesn't add up at the end of the month because of the expenses of their kids or because of this and that. Anywhere from we make eighty thousand dollars a year, why are we broke? To we make six hundred thousand dollars a year, why do we feel broke? And he runs through their lives and their checkbook. It's tremendous. Yeah, I would like to watch that. That is right up your alley. And he's really good, too. Like, he's got an engaging um, sense about him, personality, the way he talks to the people. I think he's really good, and I thought you might actually like that. Yeah, I would like that. Yeah, he gets to go through people's checks. Yes, he goes through their budgets their or their lack thereof, what they're spending money on. And I'll tell you the one common theme that I'm seeing from a few that I've watched here and also talking to a few of my friends, you know the biggest problem for most people is? Is the eating out. Yeah, it is a... It's, and I don't mean going to dinner on Saturday night. I mean the McDonald's on Monday morning or the bacon, egg, and cheese on Tuesday, Panera Tuesday night. Oh, you, you eat home on Wednesday. Thursday night, the pizza place. Friday, Chinese. Saturday, out with friends. You add it all up, and it's a small fortune. Yeah. And I think, I think I'm, not me, but I think my house is guilty of that, too, to a certain extent. Oh, especially if you have kids and you're running around different places. Yes. Impossible. Which happens a lot. 
I watched the guy. It showed up on my uh, Instagram suggestions. It was a it was a guy doing it. It was like a a guy in his twenties doing an impression of Dave Ramsey, the money okay. guy. He has the bald wig on and everything, and he's taking taking calls. Right. And the guy's like, "Hey, Dave, uh, I make fifty thousand dollars a year, and I'm broke." He's like, "All right, well, let's do the calculations." He goes, uh, "What is your mortgage?" He goes, two thousand dollars." He goes, "Up, oh, that's your problem." <laughs> You need to live in a place that's $700 a month, and then you're going to pay cash for your house. So you mean live in my truck? It's just like it, that is the Dave Ramsey stuff. Yeah, I know. That's why I stopped listening to him. It's very difficult mm-hmm. if you're just starting out. Yeah, or living here. Or living here, California. Right. There's a lot of places. The but math now- doesn't work for what he – it might work in Mississippi. It doesn't work if you're living in the New York City area. It just doesn't. Yeah, the 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 most basic thing of his game plan is that you where you live is a quarter of your take home pay. Right. Not gross. Not gross. A quarter of your take home pay. And if this is a mortgage, it is a fifteen year mortgage. So yeah. so think again on what that payment would be. Yeah. It's it's You're, not possible. No. It's not even remotely I get possible. not, you know, he doesn't want you to buy a $50,000 car and all like those things. But the basic living things of like what it costs to rent or mm-hmm. have a mortgage compared to what your take home pay is. He sounds out of touch. It's at a minimum 50% I think for most people. Right? If it's not, it's I would say it's probably it's thirty five to forty. Yeah, for, it is nowhere yeah. near fifteen to twenty five. No, I don't know how you could do that. Not to mention the fact, and I don't know, I haven't listened to him in a long time. The question I would have is, what part of that number, or is it another expense? Property taxes, like where I live, like my property taxes are thirteen hundred a month. No, my that, property taxes. No, that's part of his part of the mortgage. What he's saying is. What amount of money are you putting towards where you live? Which right, is okay. your home. That's so yeah, property taxes counted. Yeah. I mean, and that's a big pro two things have become a big problem. Property taxes go up and up and up. And I understand that they have that anchor rebate for a that great. <laughs> thanks. That's really amazing. It's a thousand dollars. I know God. we've taken please twenty four thousand dollars if you're <laughs> that and and I think it was Trump, but when they changed the, the tax that was law. Trumpster. I went, I'll never forget, I went from getting a $6,000 refund every year to owing like eight grand. Yeah, like, that Trumpster, what? he screwed us with the property taxes. Yeah, he sure did. And 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 how that affects your taxes. It hurts. It does. Yeah, I used to punch in that number yes. and see the TurboTax. <laughs> <laughs> now it like barely ticks. They're like, what? Did it I put move. this in wrong? No, it doesn't move. You get a $25 credit. Wow. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. I can't even go to Panera for $25. But think of the, there's places in Jersey and Long Island, all that, where people have these enormous homes that were like $50,000 in property yeah, taxes. Sure. And that got chopped down to, to, you can claim 10, I think. Right. But even if you're claiming 10, what does it do for you? It doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything anyway. Not going to do it. No, it doesn't. All right, Jerry, warm up. Sup. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. 
No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. And the ball game's over, and the Giants have won Super Bowl 46. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Good morning, campers. Alan Jerry. Don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. All right, here we go. A couple minutes after 5 o'clock, Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. The Eddie's Kazari, nice to see you, you handsome son of a gun. And across from me, he's also kind of uh, good looking. His name is Al Mark Dukes. What's up? Good morning, Jerry. I got to tell you, after having uh, many days of uh, like 20 degrees, 21 degrees, I walked out this morning at like 34 degrees. Wasn't awful. No, I was like, this is pretty good. I had a friend of mine that went to school up in Maine. Yeah. College in Maine. And. And I remember he came back for, I think it was Easter, and it was in the 30s. And he was walking around in shorts and a T-shirt. And I said, what are you doing? He goes, I'm used to zero. This is fantastic. Yeah, that's what I was so, thinking. Yeah. I, well, I was at Illinois on Sunday. When we woke up, it was minus four. I went outside for all of two seconds and right back in. So, yeah. yes, 35 degrees feels pretty good. Doesn't feel terrible at all. Not, especially with no wind. Right. Not bad. No wind. I Not know. Bad. I, I went out there all bundled up this morning. I was like, You were in shorts and a t shirt, weren't you? This is downright warm now. Could <laughs> you imagine uh, this weekend it's going to be 50? Is that right? You might be in a oh, Speedo. Man. I might go to the beach and you lay might. out. You although might. I heard it was going to rain. Not Saturday. Saturday's oh. going to be sunny. And, you're right. Thursday, right. Thursday and Friday, mid 50s and rain. Saturday is sunny and 52. Okay, I am in for doing something, Jerry. Yes. I'm, I'm going to leave my house Saturday. Yes, at 4 o'clock for dinner, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> and then right back into it. <laughs> yes. I um, I, I was a, a little late for myself getting here today because I was uh, there was a, a, a overturned car on the turnpike. And that's why you leave early, and you still got here with yeah. 30 minutes to spare. Yes, I did. And um, But I got to say, I was probably only – I was I, I was not many cars – behind where where this car was where they stopped traffic. You didn't see it though. I didn't see it though, but 
I did finally, I tried to, and it worked with this one time. I sat patiently in my car, Jerry. I didn't, wasn't screaming. You didn't get out on the roof and start screaming? I wasn't screaming. And I tried to reflect and go, luckily I'm not that guy. Yes. Yeah, there you go. There's because no, that's out of your control. Out of my control. Earlier in my drive on the parkway, there had to be 10 to 12 deer just in the local lanes, just standing there. Yeah, I'm sure. And luckily I was the only car. And I'm very observant of deer, Jerry. I'm always looking for deer. I'm scanning for deer. I've got deer radar. I had to slam my, my brakes, though, and came to a complete stop on the parkway before these deer decided to move it along. That sucks. I could have flattened some deer. I could have been an overturned car today. I'm lucky to be here. You never, When you wake up, you never know what the day presents. Yeah. Like that guy who flipped his car. Was not expecting that. Not at, you know, whatever, 3.30, 4 o'clock. Yeah. Now the guy's got, if the guy's okay, right. the very least he's got an upside-down car now. Let's hope he's okay. Yeah. And I'm glad you're okay. Me too, Jerry. Yes. Isn't this positive? I can't believe that on the top. Now, when I do uh, Shoshi, Jerry, yeah. I try to put in order of importance, I think, like what's the top story of the day? And then as I get down, I get down to, you know, by the bottom of the list, it's uh, that uh, CBS sports host who had her panties yeah. stolen from right. the airport. You know what I mean? That was not yes. the biggest story of the day, but it's a fun story. It goes to so the goes bottom the of the end. list. Well, New York doesn't have a big story today. It doesn't. Mm-mm. But there are two cool scoring stories from the NBA last night. Uh, one's cool, one's not. Which one's not cool? Carl uh, Anthony Towns, they lost. They did lose. He you scored scored 62 points at whatever. They lost. Do you think he talked to his teammates after a game and was like, dude, I scored 62 of our points. What are you guys No, doing? they know what they were doing because the coach ripped the team a new butt, as they say. Is that because right? Because they did not defend at all. He called them immature, lazy. He killed them for last night. Did he so, single out Carl Anthony Towns and said, except for Carl no, Anthony Towns? I didn't Towns? hear the whole thing. I'm not sure if he because did he or he scored didn't. 62. But you can be good on the offensive end and suck on the defensive yeah, end. Yeah, that's uh, I mean, true. It, you know, it's certainly possible. I know when Kobe scored 81, I'm pretty sure the Lakers won that game, which I think, if I heard it right, was on the same day in 2006 as Embiid had his 70 yesterday. I think it was really? it was January 22nd, 06. Kobe scored 81. And I think the Lakers won that game. Yesterday, January 22nd, 2024, Embiid scored 70. Not 80. 70. But 70, yeah. And they won. Yeah. They did win. Well, they also played the Spurs, so they should win. The, what's amazing to me is 24-41, which is impressive from the field. He scored 70 with... with um, you know, 20, whatever, with 24 made field goals, only one three-pointer, and he was 20. Now most big guys don't shoot free throw as well. He does. 21 of 23 from the foul line. Pretty good. Very impressive. Pretty good. Now, why did they say this stat line has never been done? 70 points, 18 rebounds, and five assists. I don't know. My guess is probably the five assists because I looked it up. Um, I was just curious. Uh, when Wilt scored his 100, he was on the Philadelphia Warriors. Um, and I I knew he averaged a million rebounds. So he had 100 points, 25 rebounds, two assists. That would be my guess, would okay. be the five assist threshold. But to me, Are we whatever. sure Wilt Chamberlain scored 100 points there in a game? Witnesses. There were witnesses. It's, not on, it's witnesses? not on film, but there were, yeah, there were reporters at the game, yeah. There were reporters at the game. Yeah, that's a weird one to me. Well, it was 1962. Right, and yet that's what we and now. The game, you know where the game was played, and you know who they played. I don't. You don't know? No. They played the Knicks. Oh, really? The game was played in Hershey, Pennsylvania. 
It was not played in Philly. It was not played in New York. And I don't know if the building wasn't wired for film at that point or television, but that game was not recorded. Um, I think there was a radio broadcast of it, and there were reporters there. But that was an official NBA game? Yeah. Like the NBA was a thing in the 1960s? Yes. I don't buy it. You've heard of, of Will Chamberlain, right? I have heard of him. Yeah. But I heard of I've heard of Bigfoot too, and I know he doesn't exist. <laughs> Come on now, stop. I just don't know if it this could be like those Babe Ruth situations. No, I don't where, think I don't think so. I, I really don't. No. Where, where it was like the end of the game and they were just like, give Wilt the ball and score. Oh no, no, no. Listen, I'm not saying he didn't dominate the ball. Yeah. And maybe it was ball like hog. ball hog. I have no idea. He still scored a hundred points though in the game. Now, if you're his teammate, you might not have been thrilled, but he did score 100 points in a game. Yeah, Adam Sandler used to have great uh, Wilt Chamberlain 100-point game jokes, and I'm not going to do them justice, but I'll attempt it. He said, uh, here's my impression of the opposing coach. Who's covering Wilt? <laughs> and then he said, uh, now here's my impression of uh, Wilt Chamberlain's teammates that night. Wilt, I'm open. <laughs> Give well, me the ball. What I don't know is if I looked up, the, I don't even know if I would know 1962. I don't even know if I would know a Nick that was on the floor, to be quite honest. Yeah. What I also don't know is Will likely was the biggest guy on the floor. I mean, was he, you know, a seven footer amongst guys that were six foot one? I don't know. Yes. I'm not sure. Someone needs, to, and maybe this has happened already. Someone needs to do a deep dive into this night. Will Chamberlain they scored have. 100 there have points. Been, there have been um, documentaries done on yeah. it. I think there was a 30 for 30 on it. I'm almost certain of it. Mm. I'm pretty sure there was 30 for, 30 for 30. You know, And you know, Will, forget the 100 points. You know, for like his career, whether it was the Warriors, the Sixers, or then the Lakers, he averaged like 30 rebounds a game, which tells me he was playing amongst guys that look like me and you, <laughs> five foot eight. That's why, don't you think the Kobe 81 is more impressive than Wilt's 100 compared um, to the competition well, they were yeah, facing? Yes. You also have the three-point play. You know, you're the three-pointer helps. Oh, that's true. Um, and then Kobe also, what did he score in his last game, Eddie? Do you remember? 60-something. Yeah, it was something crazy. But the 81-point game was funny. Not funny. Interesting because I was at here, but in, in Astoria, with, I want to say, man, it wasn't Joe at that time, I don't think, doing the overnight. It might have been Carlin. So you were working the overnight I was working, yes. And I remember at halftime, he was having a big number. And we had it on, we had it, it was like, remember in a story, we had four TVs on the wall up by the ceiling. I believe we were able to get it scrambled on like the left side. Because I don't think that was a national TV game. I don't think. But I remember we had it and trying to track it. And I remember going on at midnight, like, hey, Kobe's got this, Kobe's got that. It's kind of cool. I do remember that. So this was pre-internet? Well, pre-internet for us. <laughs> so it could have been 10 years after everyone else had internet. We were very slow to the <laughs> we internet were. in Astoria. Yes, we were. That Eddie, would you say in 06 we had it in the newsroom yet? It was close, right? Or was it still only in the control room and maybe for the hosts at that point? No, I think we did have it. In 06? Maybe. I, I hope so, because I remember I bought a computer to get the internet in 1998, I yeah, think. No, I know. No, no, I know. We... <laughs> We were still... The internet was around, and Mark wouldn't allow it. <laughs> the only person allowed to have the internet when it first came out was the producer in the control room. Oh, I thought maybe Mr. Imus was allowed to have He might have. I, that, maybe. Internet. I'm sure in his office he did, but in terms of the newsroom, and the, it was the control room producer chair. That was it. 
Man, remember when cable internet came out and you could get oh, like yeah, yeah. high speed internet? That was wild. And I was one of the first to jump on that because yeah. I was working at Sports Phone for Don LaGreca at the time. And I got it and convinced him to allow me to do one shift a week from home because my internet was so much faster. And it was. No one in my complex, I lived in a townhouse at the time, no one had it. Yeah. So it was like changing a channel. It was so fast. And then over time, it got a little slower. It was do you remember great. what it was called? Uh, mine was mine was some version of Comcast. Because I remember back I, then. I, when I got it in Florida, it was called Roadrunner. Oh, like okay. For, and it was the cartoon Roadrunner yeah, yeah, was yeah. their logo. Yes. That was like the big high-speed internet. Mm-hmm. And if you had an email address with RR, like your name, dot yeah. RR was, oh, he's got Roadrunner. This guy's got fast this internet. This guy's serious with his internet. Yeah, I'm almost certain ours was Comcast. Yeah. Where we were at that time. Awesome. Yeah, and that was like, I want to say that was like 2000 we got that. 99, 2000? Sounds about right. You were probably like the cock of the walk, Jerry, with your high-speed internet. Well, I wasn't. I wasn't. It was also at the time I was uh, kind of unemployed for a while, and so <laughs> I was able to uh, very quickly move from page to page and feel like a loser because I didn't have a job <laughs> looking at jobs online, which really weren't open but were posted. Oh, yeah, they were terrible. Yeah. Hey, you're right. Th- those were terrible, too. Like, the, the whole job process oh of, my God. of trying to get things online. But I can't believe they haven't filled this job yet in six months. No, they have. <laughs> They've just left it there, too. <laughs> They have. They just don't have anyone who knows how to take the job oh off God. of their webs. Yeah, you just have to go to individual uh, yeah. websites. I was going to individual radio stations yeah. looking for employment pages. <laughs> that really worked out well. God, they're terrible home pages with slow loading and photos. That was actually so. That that time I was working one day a week here, kind of unemployed, and that's where Eddie's uh, father offered me a job. I went and interviewed, and in, uh, where was that? And uh, that was in Port Reading. There you to go. To do what? I was going to be a lab consultant. Is that right? For gypsum, right? Yeah. United States gypsum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lab consultant. Yeah. Hi, I'm Jerry Recco. I'm your. I'll be your lab consultant. Because at that evening. point, I had already worked in a in a warehouse for a couple of years, as well as working in radio. And so when Eddie told me his father ran a warehouse for this company, I asked him, and he got me an interview. And I spent I, a couple hours with his father. Is that right? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, the warehouse. He's like, I got a better idea for you. I'm like, okay. It's kind of cool. And then I was going to take the job. And then ironically enough, that's when Joan Chin left and they offered me the Mike and the Mad Dog board up. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. But Eddie's father was there for you. Yeah. I, and I, to be honest with you, money was good. Benefits were good. Like I was into it. Yeah. And I ultimately took the job here. <laughs> less money, less benefits. Yes. At the time. <laughs> it was less money. Back in the day. It was less money. And yeah. it was significantly less money. Yeah. But I but thought it was your for, dream, Jerry. Well, I also Live. thought for going forward, yeah. it would help me out more to be around Mike and Chris than, no disrespect, Eddie's dad. I didn't right. think Eddie's for dad could help right. me. Yes. Eddie's dad <laughs> was going to give you some job openings in radio. That was that would have been a good job, though. Would have been a good job. Lab consultant. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good name. Yeah, it was kind of cool, job. actually. Like, what do you do for a living, sir? I'm a lab, a consultant. lab consultant. What do you do? <laughs> That's right. I'm busy in the lab where I put a white coat on. I've got beakers. I've got yes, test it was, tubes. It was all of that stuff. That's ex- just exactly right. Mixing chemicals all day. Mm-hmm. Testing chemicals. Yes, that's what I was doing. That's Inhaling. what I was going to do. You were going to be testing chemicals. I even, I remember going through the official process. Like I was like really close. Like I had one other warehouse job um, where I could have gone to. I think it was UPS um, at the time. And I wound up, I just thought his, his dad's place was great and then 
what happened happened. And Mike and the Mad Dog called, and yeah. you answered the call, Jerry. Well, look I don't, at you. I don't know that they called, oh. but I was. let's just say I was in the right place at the right time. Did you have to um, interview with them as well? No. They I was around come. already. They knew me. Oh, okay. So, and it wasn't to be the producer. It was to be the board up next to Carlin. It wasn't. Mm-mm. I heard Carlin used to be very stressed out working well, with those two. They didn't make his life easy. They didn't. They did not. And Moose also had that job. Yes. Also was stressed out. Yeah. That's a str- I knew it was Eddie, a hard job. When I was here, Eddie Erickson had that job. Very stressful. Yes. He's still with Chris. Yes. These days. But that was a different time. That was, you know, news is breaking. Get this guy on now. Mike, he's not available. Get him on. Okay. <laughs> I get, I get him. <laughs> Hold on, sir. And you could see the hair one by one falling out of Chris's head. Got it, sir. <laughs> it's hard. It's yeah. tough, man. I always told you the day I almost quit with Imus. I mean, like, it was different. People were mean. Yeah, people were mean. <laughs> you couldn't go to HR. Now, Jerry, someone's mean to me. I go, oh, I march right up to HR. <laughs> I guess you could. I don't, I don't know. But <laughs> I was. that's the only time I was ever threatened to be fired. So, <laughs> Yeah, listen, I, I, in, you know, I worked for Ron and Fez in like 2001, Opie and Anthony. It was, you're right. It was a different time. Yes, it was. That's I mean, how you. Uh, it was stressful. It was very stressful. And it was, you know what, working in the beginning with Craig was very stressful too, but it was different. It was a different stress. You never felt like he was going to fire you. These guys, you felt like if they were having a bad day, get out. Okay, sir. <laughs> hey, I remember when I would get to Friday, like yeah. when I would leave work on Friday, I'd be like, Whew. Yeah, the big exhale. Oh, and like really like, like really look forward to and like I'm going to take this weekend to really enjoy life. <laughs> and it wasn't one or two beers and a hangover. Oh. It was a few beers, a few shots, and vomiting. <laughs> right, I got to get past what just happened to me this week. <laughs> was, was that blindfold kissing the guy? <laughs> That's correct, Jerry. I was blindfolded. <laughs> yeah, I know you were. I know. I've heard. Oh, my gosh. I would take our first break. I don't know what we just did for 15 minutes. Well, but Joel Embiid had 70 points. There 70. you go. Nick's played the Nets tonight, by the way. At uh, the Garden or the no, Brooklyn? No, it's in Brooklyn. And real quick, do you realize, because I actually looked it up, on December 13th, the Nets went into Phoenix and beat the Suns, and they were 13-10. and 10. That same night, the Knicks went to Utah, lost to the Jazz. They were 13-10. and 10. Okay. You look up now, the Nets are 17-25, and 25 and the Knicks are 26-17. and 17. Amazing in five weeks how things change. Things certainly have changed, Jerry. All right, quick break. When we come back, we got a whole lot more to do. And then Boomer and Geo at 6 on the fan. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Ah, timing in life, they say. 25 after 5. How you doing? It is Tuesday. I would say the calm before the NFL storm, because quite frankly, there is not much going on. I know the Hall of Fame voting comes out tonight, whatever. Uh, you got the Nets and Knicks tonight. I'm into it, but I don't know if anybody else, anybody else is. Baseball Hall of Fame, Jerry? Yeah. Is there uh, a name that you're like 100% that dude is getting in? I haven't looked I, at I the list. I honestly don't know. Yeah. If I mean, I know Gary Sheffield is on the uh, on the ballot for the, I think it's the final time. And I know last year he was close. So maybe. I think Billy Wagner is on it. And I think he's close to getting the 75% vote. But I'm not sure. And the only name I saw that I think is a lock is Joe Maurer. But I, honestly, I don't follow it enough to know. Joe Mauer, he doesn't feel like an MV. He doesn't feel like a yeah, Hall of Famer to me. I'd have to look. He, Weird. I mean, he was a really good player in Minnesota. I don't know. I'd have to Compile look. Compile it, Jerry. I, I'd, I'd have to look. Mm-hmm. He, we didn't see him every day. Yeah, there, you know. But that's always been the goofy thing to me about Hall of Fame voting. Like guys, imagine voting for the Hall of Fame in like 1968 when all you knew of guys were the box scores you read. <laughs> I mean, that's what it was. Yeah. It's kind of weird because over the weekend we got news that Sports Illustrated, yeah, although it seems conflicting news. So that was the first thing came out. It was like, oh, Sports Illustrated is uh, laying off everybody and seizing operations, right? And then it was like, no, uh, we're not. So I, I'm still not sure where that's at, but it got everybody, you know, tweeting out pictures of their favorite SI covers. And you mentioned that, like, oh, in 1968, you're you're voting for. Uh, Hall of Fame and all stuff. You didn't see these guys. I still feel like back then when I was a kid in the 80s dealing with Sports Illustrated, mm-hmm. Monday Night Football highlights only, inside the NFL, I st- I feel like I'm more... I, how am I feel like I was more knowledgeable back then than uh, I am now, even though I, I there's so much information because now. Because I think what you absorbed, you retained more younger. I feel the same way. Yeah. I mean, I live... Al, I call Rutgers games now. I walk away. I don't remember the game. I mean, and I don't necessarily mean the game, but points in the game or specific players that had a big game. It, it's amazing how the seasons all blend together for me. And yet, if I think back to the 85 Cowboys, I can actually think of games that stand out. Ask me about last year's Cowboys. It takes me a minute to realize and remember they lost to the Niners in the playoffs. As opposed to 82, you know, the whole thing with Dwight Clark. I remember it like it was yesterday. I think when you're, I don't know, it's the way the brain develops and processes stuff. But like even back then, how did we know about Jim Zorn and Steve Largent exactly in what, Seattle? Exactly what you said. A couple Just, of things. The NF, the Monday Night Football highlights, you looked at the, I do think we looked at box scores in the paper and trading cards. Oh, right. Trading, trading cards. cards were a huge thing. That And when inside the NFL was like a, a real thing on HBO like when it was like must watch and you got the highlights on like Thursday, Thursday night. night nine o'clock or maybe eight o'clock I don't yeah, remember. meanwhile you waited all, you didn't get highlight you got the, the the quick Monday night football highlights yep and then you got the you got the expanded highlights with inside the NFL on yes. Thursday night and then uh, whenever that um, Tom Jackson and mm-hmm. and Chris Berman Chris Berman yep. that Sunday night count on that was time yeah, yeah 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 that was like really key for absorbing a lot of stuff but 100%. like for for baseball, it was like this week in baseball, right? Yes. And, Quib. And that was probably more box scores, baseball, baseball cards. Baseball cards for sure. 
I mean, I feel like I remember more players from the 80s because I can see them on the baseball card still. And then if you were a Met fan, you knew all the National League, a right. lot of, more of the National League stuff. Than you the at Yankees. least saw the teams. Yeah, that's true. A little bit. But as a Met fan in, in 1984, as a 10-year-old, I think I had any idea what the hell was going on with the Seattle Mariners. No. But yet you knew the players on the Mariners. I had an idea of, again, the players that I had on the trading cards. But in terms of day-to-day, I don't know what was going on. And then you would read your Sports Illustrated. Yeah. Yeah, that and Sport Magazine. Actually, Me too. That one I read a lot, too. What about Sporting News? Never was a big Sporting News fan. Yeah. No. Sport was good. I like Sport. I like Sports Illustrated. We've always talked about this. When The National came out, I I did uh, get that for the brief time it lasted. Um, Would you get any uh, like uh, a baseball digest or no. pro football Mm-mm. weekly or something? No, the only oh, thing that's... I did one year, my parents let me subscribe to the Cowboys. Um, what do you call it? Uh, God, in my head. Newsletter? Yes. <laughs> did it, it come it in, came the in the mail once a week? <laughs> I, I had Dolphin that. Digest. Yes. But it was a magazine or it was like it a was letter? A, like a paper. <laughs> and I didn't pay for the expedited shipping, so I would get the game story from like two weeks ago. <laughs> But that was a thing. Yeah. But I did that one or two seasons, but that was it. That was it. I told you, we used to get, when I was working in Tampa, we used to get a fax, a Cowboys fax. Yeah. Would come in, and it was run by Skip Bayless. And look at Skip he Bayless He like a now. Cowboys newsletter. Well, he was a reporter back then, so yeah. that makes total sense. And I guess he would fax it to sports radio stations. You know who I didn't know was a Cowboys reporter back in the day? In Dallas? Who that? Gary Myers. Oh, I would not have known. I that thought either. he. I actually always just thought he's been around here his whole life. He was. He was a Dallas Cowboys beat reporter. Let's just say Danny White and him not close. Oh, they were. <laughs> Has that come up? Uh, yes, because <laughs> that's how I didn't know. Yeah, I had no idea there he's... was some article that Danny was not very fond of. Okay, that Gary wrote. He confronted him, and they haven't exactly been friends since. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Gary Myers, right in the middle of it, Jerry. How about that? Which of these quarterbacks, Jerry, would you, if you were a Jet fan, would you most likely want as a backup to Mr. Aaron Rodgers? Okay. Because here is the list that has come out by various sports writers, or maybe just the one sports writer I saw in the New York Post. These are (laughs) the names that were listed, and we know these names. Jacoby Brissett, Gardner Minshew, Tyrod Taylor, or Ryan Tannehill. I would say uh, Gardner Minshew. Mm-hmm. I think he's fun. He is fun. <laughs> I think he's fun. I would say, God, I want to say Tyrod Taylor. I'm just so worried about him playing and getting injured. So then I'm going to I'm gonna put him off to the side for the second. Okay. Just because I think I wouldn't go his direction because I'm, I'm worried about the injury history. And if I already got one aging quarterback injured, I don't need another one. Brissett, or who's the other one? Or Tannehill? Yeah. What happened to Ryan Tannehill? I thought he was having like really good, solid years for a while. Uh, he had a couple good years with Tennessee. He won great this year. He got replaced and then finished the season. Um, I, to me, it don't matter. Minshewania. That's what you want. I, if the Jets ended up with any of those four, they're worlds better than they were this year. I think. I think Aaron Rodgers with Gardner Minshew would be a fun. Oh God! They seem like a weird couple. Do you think? Right. They sit in the lunchroom together, talk about UFOs and things. I don't even know if Gardner Minshew will be nude doing it in the (laughs) locker room, too, because he always talks about, like, being nude. Yeah. Yes. 
He likes being nude. Likes to free himself. Yeah, like and they stretch. Could, they could both have the, like a. They could both have a, like the Hulk Hogan mustache. Maybe they can both go on McAfee together. Yeah, to go <laughs> both on McAfee together. Good Lord, I could see Gardner Minshew really loving the New York spotlight. Get, oh, for sure. Get, like long flowing hair. But he but he'll be irrelevant unless he plays. Yeah. Like that's he'll true. be in the background. It won't be a thing. But if he plays, if Rogers misses a game or two or fifteen, <laughs> then all of a sudden he becomes a big story. Yeah. And I think he true. would be a blast here. Yeah. All right, so our votes for Gardner Minshew. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, he's my first pick. Gardner Minshew number one. Minshew Mania. What did you make of this, Jerry? Mr. Rex Ryan, former Jet head coach, former Buffalo Bills head coach. He said he would not be shocked if the Bills fire McDermott and bring in Bill Belichick. Yeah, the only problem with that is I think he's got four, three or four years left on his contract. If you told me Sean McDermott had even two left, mm, okay, because the idea would be in Buffalo, McDermott's got you to a certain point now several years in a row or multiple, and they just don't go any further. He's like Mike McCarthy. Um, Better than Mike McCarthy because they actually have won playoff games. Oh, I see. They They've just can't get past Patrick Mahomes. Um, so I could see that, but not with – no, I think he's got too much time left on his contract. And I also think the fact that they were so banged up defensively, I think that helps his cause. I know where Rex is going. I don't necessarily – believe that though yeah this feels like a rex wanton again in the news maybe situation yeah no it's possible it's possible the belichick thing is just so hard because if you've got a team that's you got you got a team that's ready to win that's got talent that's good enough to win but you're like that one piece away and you've got a team like another thing with the cowboys would be horribly disciplined team i mean Bad penalties all season long. Even the game against the, you know, the one game, the one thing about the Packer game too, which I don't even think we ever discussed, but because the whole game was a disgrace, that first drive where the Packers go down and score at will, you know, was aided by what? Two penalties. One was on second and long, and then another one was on, I want to say third and, I forget what it was, but there were two Cowboy penalties on that. That's been a problem too for the Cowboys for years. So if you think you're good enough, but you're a disciplinary in a way or a different type of coach, he makes sense for teams. But I don't think the Bills, I, I don't see it. I think yeah. he's going to Atlanta now. Yes. And I saw the story that the front office doesn't want him, but that's, that's probably because they're going to get fired. Yes. That's I mean, what uh, noted Boston person uh, Bill Simmons said, that he's talked to a lot of people and that uh, Arthur Blank wants Bill Belichick, but the front office doesn't because... Bill will come in and not listen to any of them. No, of course he's not. I mean, would you? No. I mean, that would that would be like, all kidding aside, that would be like you going to a smaller radio station that has struggled to do well on the ratings, and they've got a GM there and a program director or an assistant program director that knows you're going to come in where you've had a decade and a half of success in New York are you going to listen to those people, or should they be listening to you? To me, Jerry. Right. So if you're Bill Belichick, you're going to walk in like, no, no, guys, I, I know what I, you clearly don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Which is why I'm here. Right. So, yeah, it makes sense to me. It does. You think? Do you think at any point, and I, I think the answer would be yes, but do you think the Super Bowl comes up? Yes. Like, immediately? Yeah, or? I think immediately. So, Arthur, that sucked for you, huh? <laughs> you want to be on the other side of that, Arthur? 28-3. to three. Yeah. And you still blew it. <laughs> you blew it. Oh, my God. And where's that head coach, by the way? 
Who even was that? Dan Quinn. Oh, was? Dan Quinn was the head coach? Yeah. He was the head coach of the Falcons that blew the 28-3 to lead against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. If you would have said to me, was Dan Quinn a head coach, I would have said no. And if you would have <laughs> said, was Dan Quinn a head coach at the Super Bowl, I would have said no shot. Yeah, that was Dan Quinn. Damn. How about that? All right, quick break, 538. Uh, we still have more time, and then we got Boomer and Geo standing by. I saw them pacing like they can't wait to get in here at 6 o'clock. Well, they'll be with us in the, about 20 minutes right here on The Fan. This is Van Halen. Why don't I hear it? Yeah, that was Can weird. You see, uh, yeah. The beginning was weird, right? Yeah, it sounded like it wasn't only coming out of one One speaker. channel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's your guy. There you go. Oh, back in the day, this was Al's big host that hated him. <laughs> he liked me for a little while. No, I know, but it just didn't end well. Didn't, didn't end well. Did not end well. Where's, where's he at these days? Still touring or is he retired? Um, he's not touring right now, but I, hmm, I know he's, I've heard him on a couple podcasts over the years. So he's still active. Yeah, still okay. active. Still in great. David like, Lee the, Roth we're talking about. The guy's in tremendous physical shape. Is he really? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Was he like that back then when you worked with him? Um, I think he was in the process of getting there. Okay. But yeah, he's like very muscular now. Testosterone. I think that about everybody I, I see who's older and muscular. I go, they got to be taking yeah, testosterone. Trust me, I know. Yeah, because otherwise I, we we start to look like old ladies like as we me. get older. My metabolism's dormant. It basically <laughs> shut down on me. I said, I've checked out. <laughs> Thanks. Dormant testosterone. Oh, my gosh. It was 40 years ago tonight, Jerry. Oh, don't tell me. 40 years ago? January 23rd, 1984. Uh, is this sports-related? Sports entertainment related. Oh. Something with ESPN? No, wrestling. Oh, good Lord. Hulk Hogan defeated the Iron Sheik, Madison Square Garden. And Hulkamania was born, Jerry. Nice. And the WWE exploded and wrestling became a big thing. I know Sal was trying to have some wrestlers in because there's Rumble Royal this week. Royal Rumble? Oh, that too. Uh, that's somewhere this week, but I don't think it was in New York, so he... I think he was uh, turned down. Oh, okay. But I, I know they have a Dice Man on this week. Andrew Dice Clay? In studio, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's tremendous. I think Thursday he's coming in studio. I got to give them a heads up because um, when we had Dice years ago yeah. here, his girlfriend, which I think is still his girlfriend, mm -hmm. or maybe they're married now, I'm not sure. Yeah. She is also a stand-up comic, mm -hmm. and she came with him, and he said, uh, Eleanor's going in with me. Yeah. I go, eh, no. <laughs> he goes, yeah, yeah, she's going to come in. I go, no, we don't uh, We don't have room. And Meanwhile, we do have you room. You do have room. <laughs> but I go, no, no, because it was, um, yeah, it was B Boomer and Carton. Right. He looks like an he looks like an Elvis impersonator. Yes. Dice. Well, I think he'll be here Thursday. All right. Well, I'll, I'll be looking for him. I'm no, sure he will. He will not be hard to find, Jerry. He He's a man who stands out. Yes. He's a big guy, right? A uh, big fella, yeah. yeah. He's supposedly, I haven't seen any of these yet, but uh, Joe Rogan was talking about them. He has on his Instagram, I guess, uh, Andrew Dice Clay, he goes up to people who don't know who he is, and he goes, were you the one looking for the autograph <laughs> or the photo? <laughs> Here, we take a photo, and people have no idea who he is. That's, That's funny. funny. 
Yeah. I'll have to go look for look for that. All right, so uh, Dice Clay, uh, man, the testosterone in that room. Oh, that my DJ. gosh, with those three? Dice Clay, Brandon Tierney, and Sal. And Dove. And Dove. <laughs> Big testosterone <That's> right. situation. <laughs> Let me ask you about this, Jerry. I saw that the Lions have signed tight end Zach Ertz. Yes. That doesn't seem fair. Well, the same way that the Ravens signed Dalvin Cook last week. Yeah, it just doesn't. And he played. Well, it's an injury replacement. Fair. I forget the kid's name, but one of their tight ends got um, either fractured a forearm or her but yeah. I think he's out. So he's replacing him on the roster. Is anybody eligible to join these teams? Seems weird. I, if you're a free agent, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Like if you're released from a contract and you're a free No, I mean, can they go out and get uh, Dalton Schultz from the Texans? Yes. And can we borrow him this week? No. You can't do that. He's under contract. But if you've been cut, you're a free agent. Yeah, of course. I kind of felt like there was like some sort of, you know, like in baseball, there's a trade deadline and you can't. Mm-hmm. I thought there was a certain point where you couldn't make any more moves unless guys were already on your team. Yeah. Well, you can sign a guy who's a free agent. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. How cool is it for this guy? It's very cool. Zach Ertz. Where did he come from? Zach Ertz from the Eagles, then the Cardinals. Oh, so he's coming from the Cardinals. I believe this is from the Cardinals. I mean, oh, okay. Eagles was a long time ago. He was before yeah, yeah. Dallas Goddard. Yes. Um, and then he went to Arizona, and I think that was his last stop. So all these veterans that are always, like, chasing rings and they try to, like, yeah. join it, they, they, why don't they get hop on board one of these things? Well, I guess, like, that's well, they need Dalvin to be a free agent. <laughs> but again. That seems to be the sticking point you keep. Can't be um, under contract. Yeah, but I kind of feel like there's a lot of guys at the end of the year. Like, Mike, McCar- Mike McCarthy's coaching on a one. He's just yes. got... But do they sometimes, to prevent this, have their contracts run through? Yeah, I don't know what they the run Super through. Super Bowl. My guess would be at the end of the NFL year, I would think. But hmm. I don't. I don't know. I've never. Yeah, you, we do have a guy who played in the NFL Who's that signed now? contracts. So Boomer could answer that. Question. All right. I'm I don't ask think Boomer your now. contract year ends the moment the zeros flash on the scoreboard <laughs> and the game's over. I'm, I'm going to the Chiefs. I don't think that that's the way it works. Then again, maybe it does. Who knows? Oh man. I'm trying to think of like who'd be some really great players that we could put on the lot. Well, we put on the Lions this week to help them beat the Niners. Uh, who do you want? I'm not sure. Okay, this go get kinda... the go get the Bosa brother from San Diego. Yes, we need a we need a Bosa brother against the other Bosa brother. That's it. There you go. I just found your guy. Okay. Hmm. Do you see the odd story that uh, Brock Purdy uh, said that the 49ers? sat him down in the offseason prior to this season starting. He's now in the championship game. Yeah. And Kyle Shanahan said to him, we are trying to get Tom Brady. If we get him, you're second string. Mm-hmm. If we don't, you're the starter. Does that surprise you? Jim? No, it does not surprise me. Because they figured Tom Brady loves or uh, grew up 49ers fan. Yeah, from the area too. If he's going to come out of retirement, this probably would be the one team he would And the one to. shot. And the one shot. Yeah. I do remember Tom Brady vaguely referencing something about talking to a team. Didn't that wasn't that didn't that come up at some point? I don't remember. You know what the problem is, Jerry? When he retired, it was constantly a new, Tom Brady might be coming back. Yeah. Tom Brady might become right here. I never believed he was going to stay retired. And then it's sort of we just become numb to it until something would happen and nothing yeah. ever happened. So you're not locked into his podcast with uh, what's his name? Jim, uh, what's his name? Jim Ray, Jim. Jim Gray. <laughs> Jim Gray. Jim John Ray. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm not Jim locked Gray. into that podcast. Yeah. yeah, I think they do that every week. They give you lots of information. I just assume if he says something interesting, you'll play it in an update. Not if you hear it. 
You realize, I was actually thinking about this the other day, how many, forget how many terrible podcasts there are. Oh, there are plenty. Just how many podcasts that you could draw content from. Good ones. And just in the NFL realm. Forget the NBA. I mean, there are a lot of NBA guys have podcasts too. Um, I imagine there are NHL podcasts and baseball podcasts. But just in the world of football, like in season, like Micah Parsons does an hour on Monday in season. The Kelsey brothers in season every week do an hour to two hours. Um, You've got now Richard Sherman has his own podcast that actually is doing well. You've got Ocho Cinco and Shannon Sharp that's doing there's so much out there. There's not enough time in the day to consume a fraction of it all. Right. And plus, there's Alan Jerry's boring podcast, or whatever the hell we call it. We call it the post game podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a lot to get to. Yeah, there's a lot to get to, Jerry. So. Now, tomorrow, Nick Sirianni will have his season-ending press conference. Do you think that's going to go um, combative, or he's going to be super calm? No, I don't think combative. I mean, I think they'll ask him tough questions, so answer them as he always does, and he'll say we got to make corrections. He's not going anywhere, so. But have they said that, or just assume because he's under contract there would be no reason to say he's not going anywhere? I assume. I Now, I don't know if they came out and announced it like the way the Cowboys did, but, I mean, all indications are he's not going anywhere. But they're they're dumping the uh, coordinators. Well, they already fired Sean Desai, who, who was pretty much demoted midseason anyway for Matt Patricia. Um, so, I, I don't, that's Philly. Go talk to Spike. I saw they wanted uh, to talk to Wink Martindale. Great. Go. <laughs> I mean, whatever. <laughs> That's not going to bother you, Jerry, to see Wink Martindale and the Eagles? Nope. You don't care? No. Yeah, I'm no, with you there. fine. I'm with you there. All right, quick break. When we come back, I see Jeff. Really, I told you Boomer and Gio were yeah. doing laps in the newsroom. Oh, yeah. Gio's now come out of the newsroom. He is standing by the door. Like, he can't wait to get on at 6 o'clock. So we'll get you to G coming up next. Right now, we're going to get you to uh, Amy Lawrence, an Odyssey sportsman and talking Chiefs Bills. All right, Al, we got uh, time for one more story. Why don't you go? I was asking Boomer about this Zach Ertz thing because I don't find it fair. WFAN, WFAN FM, WFAN FM HD1, New York. Always live on the Free Odyssey app.